All right, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Repressed Humor Issues. I'm Ryan. And I'm Dan, the guy holding this whole thing together. Thank God for you. Uh, I do want to take a moment to thank all 10 of our listeners from last week. That is number one on our own self-elected chart. So I think we're doing really well. Uh, haven't really got the Jolt Colas or anything like that coming in to invest in us yet. But I know episode two is going to set us off and jettison us to future heights. Yeah, so just so you're aware, I've given up on Jolt. I've decided that we're going to go after a WeWork sponsorship now. <laughs> oh, they've had a rough week. Rough week. I mean, we've got to hit people at their lows so we can bring them up. So I came up with a new slogan for WeWork. It's called We Work. Well, really, we don't, but we're trying. <laughs> I like that. That's actually really good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had a kind of a whirlwind uh week as you know but I'll, I'll regale everyone um for our day jobs we work in the tech industry but uh had to go over to europe and that was fine dandy and all that and i got to collaborate with a lot of co-workers which is fantastic what was not fantastic is how it ended where on uh, Saturday, I decided to come down with a 14-hour bout of food poisoning. So that was exactly how I wanted to go into my Sunday flight. That was eight and a half hours back. Um, probably one of the more uncomfortable flights I've ever had after having a 14-hour bout of food poisoning. But Damn the Dutch. Yeah, I mean, that works on so many levels when you think about it. It does. It does. I mean, thank God for Europe giving me now food poisoning twice in three years well at least you were nice and kept it contained compared to that woman that just decided hey i'm gonna run all the way through the airplane i you know there's like bits of logic that obviously elude somebody now mind you she's in disaster mode but uh why run the length of the plane when there's probably restrooms right behind her that I, that never made sense to me like i would have loved to see somebody draw out a path that she had to go and see how many actual bathrooms she crossed path past before she actually got to well her inevitable demise so you want to sigma six the fact that she shit her way through an entire airplane look there's a lot of things in the process that were flawed and i'm sure we can uncover a lot of solutions with all the pain points along the way yeah no that was just a shitty moment in her life that i doubt she wants anybody analyzing to the point of how could she have shit more efficiently just not uh, where she wants to go i, I didn't get my but dumb hiss in there uh but <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment for it but that moment's passed anyway uh <laughs> anyways so I I, so I I know that was a random segue but i just want to add that in there so yeah so just so everybody's aware too if you didn't listen to the first episode um there's going to be very few cuts in this we we have some uh some stuff between us that we decide we need like breaks every now and then just to catch up but that's all we're doing we're not doing any editing for uh cutting out sections or uh for sound or for bloopers you get us in real time here yeah you're going to get all my verbal trip ups my verbal misspellings, the fact that Dan cannot count on his actual fingers. 
Um, so all of that's going to come through, even in audio form, you're going to understand that he cannot count on his fingers. You all have to realize too, I can see Ryan and he can see me. So part of what's going to happen as this evolves is we're going to be trying to make each other laugh just by other stuff that you may not be able to see. We're, we're going to try to make each other break here. I mean, I'm pretty hard to break, I, I, I think. Uh, okay, now, now we're not talking about your kinks. We talked about this. <laughs> uh, you know what's interesting, though, about breaking, like SNL and all that, where I do crumble the most um, is in a corporate meeting. Uh, so let's say you and I happen to be on some meeting together and you're making some sort of facial expression or you send me some stupid meme or a giphy or something like that. I will genuinely unravel and I cannot collect myself to the point where I have to go off camera just to compose myself. This has happened more times than I care to admit. I uh, had a friend many moons ago that that's all she would intentionally do is send me little stupid memes just to get me going. And it would take like that little curl of the lip wry smile and I would just lose every bit of composure. So I have a task for everybody based off of Ryan, what Ryan just said. Um, there is a detective from Colorado Springs called Joe Kenda. And if you've ever watched murder shows, you know Joe Kenda. He's a lieutenant. In the, he was a lieutenant in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Um, but he has some sayings that he has. And if you actually put yourself into, okay, Joe Kenda's a dirty old man, and then listen to him, what he says when he says stuff like, my, my, my. It takes on a completely different <laughs> view of the show. Just watch a couple of shows and listen for when he says, like, oh, boy. And think about it in Dirty Old Man perspective, and you'll have a blast. I'm assuming this is all YouTube available? I would guess so. It's on Netflix. It's on Prime. It's everywhere. So I'm pretty sure you can hear Jenda's, uh, Kenda say oh my 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 just about on any streaming service you might have i mean that sounds like the matthew mcconaughey all right all right all right you know that kind of yeah, thing i watched dazed and confused over the weekend and it's just like that show did uh, that movie did not age well no i I, <laughs> um, I haven't honestly seen it in like 15 years that that blonde that mcconaughey put on just that that i don't know if that was a wig or he bleached his hair or what it just doesn't work anymore i think it was real because i i did the audible version of his book and he talked about like i think that was his real hair if i recall that's that that was a bad decision on his part <laughs> but i mean i guess it's kind of he's one of those actors that doesn't age but i think he's always looked a little older than he was i think like in days and confused as an example he struck me as not in his 20s he struck me as being like closer to 40 i don't know if that's just me or anyone else and that's where it makes it more disturbing when he says the line he's talking about high school girls and he says i keep getting older and they keep staying the same age it's just that line does not work anymore yeah i mean god there's so many of those movies that i would love to rewatch just to see how well they stand up today i mean e even the ones that i think are pretty safe like I don't know, planes, trains, and automobiles. Like, does that still stand up? Is that still good? Are there elements of that that are off color at this point? I think the best one to do that with would be the Back to the Future trilogy. 
Wow. Just imagine some of the stuff that could happen in there. Because technically, oh. he's going back in time and stands the potential of having sex with his mother in place of his father. I, and the I, time continuum stuff that's involved in that is bad enough. But just think of the position that he put himself in to be the kind of person that might have sex with his mother. Wait, is this like a well-known part of back to the future because this is the first time i'm hearing of this potential phenomenon oh, you think about it he's uh, his dad's supposed to fall out of the tree and get hit by the car and go in for dinner but he gets his dad to go out uh, get uh, to uh leave and then he gets hit by the car he goes in and his mother's fawning all over him wants to go to the dance with him all that sort of stuff his mom wanted to have sex with him okay not his dad I... so the whole concept is a whole bunch of time traveling incest i think i like those movies less now i think that should be the name of this episode time traveling incest oh man um speaking of that we should move on to our first thing that we're going to talk about today because we've spent 11 minutes talking about nothing i know which will happen in this but that's fair but uh i guess for everyone uh that listened to the last week we do have a wheel of random i don't know if we've ever really given it official name that's going to hold but it's filled with random topics that will kind of give us a kickoff to discuss now these are completely at random so dan without further ado we're on to a great topic here that parlays into what we were talking about, the shittiest discussion ever. And so this goes back to, um, I, I've hit an age where there's certain things that have to start happening. And um, I was given the choice of either- It's not I puberty, could... folks. It's not puberty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. 57. Um, I was given the choice of either I could, we referenced in my house, household as shit in a box, or I could have a camera shoved up my ass. I decided shitting in a box was a better idea. So now I get the box and it comes with a whole myriad of instructions on how you're supposed to do this. No pun and we don't have them the as a sponsor. I'm sorry, what? No pun intended on the whole. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, so... Um, it comes with a whole bunch of instructions, but this thing is basically just a contraption that sits on your toilet that has a bucket in it. And that bucket is probably no more than about six inches deep. No. Now, oh, no. So it's, it's not deep. And so I am what they have affectionately called a mass producer. And you know that you're a mass producer. If you've ever had to, like, sit up off of the seat and wiggle a little bit to get that last little bit out oh my god okay. oh my god that's so descriptive <laughs> i mean um i i know the absolute best way to use a plunger because i've used so many different plungers in my life that it was just a necessity to learn how to use them properly because nobody uses them properly and i'm not going to go into the discussion of why no. but velocity of and volume of water equals more pushing potential that's all that you really care about yeah. I, i'm not one of those people that has the mystery poo you know what a mystery poo is 
No. That's when you poo and then you look back and there's nothing there because it already went up the little tube. Oh. No, mine are always there. Okay. And anybody right now who says they don't look back is lying. Yeah, I agree They're with that. Everyone's absolutely looking everyone's lying. looking back. Everybody wants to know the texture. Everybody wants to know the quantity. That's what they're looking at. It's a health check. Every day it's a health check. <laughs> so, anyways, they give you this bucket and it's about 12 inches around and maybe six to eight inches deep uh, okay and i'm a mass producer so i'm worried about this thing to the point that i end up blocking myself up a little bit worrying about getting onto this thing okay if that was the worst of the problems that would be okay i finally comes to the point where i'm doing this this is happening no matter what now realize nobody can see their own asshole especially when you're on the toilet so lining up to this little bucket is a lot harder than you would think uh, okay so it turns out i crapped on the side of oh, the bucket kind no. of halfway in. oh my god <laughs> so then i'm having to manipulate my turd to get it in there to put the alcohol solution on and then the oh, the fun part about the, all of this is they make you take a little scraper and scrape to get some of it out. I believe they're looking for blood in the top level because, you know, blood in your stool is lots of fun. Uh, and oh I had to scrape this and stick it in a vial. Okay. It was like a sandbox for turds. It was horrendous. But the choice was between I get to play in my own turd box or I get a camera shoved up my ass. Oh my God, Dan. Now you went a different direction. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm so glad I did. Now, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've done the colonoscopy twice. Um, now, the, the, the prep work for a colonoscopy, not fun. Not fun. We're not holding anything back here, so you might as well tell them what that involves. So, I mean, it, it, it has varying degrees depending on, I think, who you go to and the time in your life because things have uh, modified and improved. Whatever. You're still shitting your brains out. Uh, yeah, you start, in my case, with a couple pills. I think two or three rounds of pills that help relax everything and soften things up. And then you proceed to drink this lovely Gatorade solution, which I swear was over a gallon's worth um that will then render you useless for the next eight goddamn hours because you'll just be well it, at first it's productive it's normal you're you feel okay about it and then hellfire and brimstone happen where you're you just, become a shit pump yeah. you're but it's not even that 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 is a given the velocity that this stuff shoots out of your anus and it you know eventually it runs the color of gatorade and it ruins lemon lime gatorade for you for the rest of your life because that's the color you chose to put the stupid little powder mix in so just know whatever color you pick you will not drink again for the rest of your life because it eventually comes out of your body the same color and then you know you've run clean um now I, I do have a funny story about the actual colonoscopy. So it's noted in my files 
that, and this isn't a HIPAA violation, I'm sharing it about myself. So back off everyone with health concerns here. Uh, they, I, my body fights anesthesia at an aggressive rate. So my very first colonoscopy, I was put under all that. Everything's going great swimmingly until I wake up mid procedure and I'm on my side and I see the monitor that they're looking at. And the only thing that can come to mind, cause I'm still waking up from anesthesia is, Hey doc, I can see my butt. Um, and I've never had a mad dash of three people, the doctor and probably the, uh, anesthesiologist and the nurse all collectively go, what the fuck? Um, and then put me back out, uh, at, at a very aggressive rate because it took me another three hours to wake up post-procedure because they overdosed me at that point to keep me under. But I can definitely say I have stayed or I, I woke up mid colonoscopy because they didn't dose me heavily enough the first time. That's almost as bad as what I did. So uh, uh, when I think I was, you still win. I think you still uh, win with the shit box. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to talk about something else that happened though. Uh, when I was 19, I had to have all four wisdom teeth taken out at the same time and all four were impacted. Oh, that's instantaneously. They put you out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I go in and this is in Canada. So I actually, they don't take you down on the gurney. They, you actually walk into the OR room yourself. Yeah. That's how they did it with me too. Okay. So, um, I'm talking to this kid beside me that has to have major kidney surgery and he goes in like two minutes before me into a different operating room. I go into my operating room. They do the count back from a hundred thing. And apparently we all get to 95 and we're out. Um, that's how it worked for me. But I wake up and I think it's only been like five minutes. They, they must not have done the surgery. Something must have happened because I know I'm in a regular room. I'm not in the room that I uh, originally uh, went into. Now, this is my body waking up before my brain does. That always happens to me. And what I end up doing is sitting up in my bed and start talking to the kid that had major kidney surgery that obviously had major kidney surgery because he's got tubes sticking out all over him. Oh God. <laughs> and the other thing that I didn't realize is my mouth is completely packed with gauze. Oh God. There is nothing but garbled noise coming out of my mouth because there's no way <laughs> that anything is projecting out of my mouth. That's when they decided to come back and gently tell me to stay the fuck on my bed on my back and trust stop trying to leave my bed so i passed out a couple of other times while i was on the way up to what they called daycare at that point which is where you're recovering from the anesthesia um and i kept on gagging because there's this one string on the gauze that was going back down the back of my throat and they said no just don't worry about it it's fine it's just you nothing's wrong so i get down into the lobby of the hospital and I can't take it anymore. I'm walking at this point under my own power. My mom's walked ahead of me a little bit because she was the one that drove me. And I take all of this gauze oh, out no. of my mouth and drop it into the garbage and just keep on walking. And then I suddenly realize, wait, there's a lot of blood on that. Turn around, look at it and just keep on walking. Cause there was nothing good going to come from me either looking at that 
nor going back to somebody to tell them that I just put a biohazard in one of their regular garbage cans. Oh no. Did you bleed out? Or not bleed out, but did you like I keep bled for a while. Oh yeah. god. So um that that was interesting. Um my I actually uh, a couple days later, uh I had a I started with children very young. So I told you I was 19. I already had a son at that point. Um I was driving him to daycare and all of a sudden I realized I took my pills way too close to my jello. And we pulled into this parking lot, the par parking ramp, and I just let all heaven and hell go. I just couldn't hold it anymore. I had found a plastic bag in the back of my car and just heaved for about 10 solid minutes. Oh, no. Tied off the top of the bag, opened up my door, put it next to the pillar that was right by my car, dropped it, closed my door, left, paid the $2 for the parking, and never went to that parking ramp again. Oh, my gosh. Wait. All this while my eight-month-old son is sitting in the back, just playing away like nothing's wrong, Dad. He's not just hurling out his guts into a plastic bag. I, 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 I caught a point of distinction I need to just briefly ask about. Parking ramp equals parking garage? Yes. Thank you. I'm not Canadian. <laughs> we wouldn't watch you anyways. <laughs> I do love So, uh, but I, I've had this thing where my body always wakes up sooner than my mind anyways. And the funny one was when I had my appendix out, um, I had to tell my boss that I wasn't going to be able to be in the next day. And they had me on a ton of morphine. So I, I left him a voicemail because he did not answer his phone. And uh, when I came back to work, he said, you got to listen to this. And he played me the voicemail that I left him. And it was, yeah, Jeff, uh, I'm not going to be in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having my appendix out. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. <laughs> Bye. Were, were you butthead? <laughs> I don't know what I was at that point. I don't remember calling him. I don't remember leaving the message. <laughs> I was so out of it at that point that it just, nothing worked. Not, my body was there. My body said, can't go to work tomorrow. Gotta let the boss know. My brain went, huh? And decided, <laughs> okay, let's just go along with this charade. But I mean, like we know what we're doing. To your credit, you got through the message, albeit a funny sounding one. You still delivered the message. Yes, but it got played, I'm sure, many times for many people where we worked at. <laughs> you know, it just dawned on me, too. I know the show came back either still on or briefly, but Beavis and Butthead might date us. Um, so when you're talking about dating us, they're cartoon characters, okay? So they're not dating anybody. What you're referencing is making us feel old. Well, let's be careful with that one, because I don't want there to be any confusion in that whatsoever. I, I'm not like all, ooh, that anime character, I've got to get after that. Mostly because my wife will divorce me if I said something like that out loud in front of her. But Well, I mean, gosh, what was your first animated film? Snow White? Oh, oh, oh <laughs> we're going to go there. Steamboat Willie. <laughs> Oh, damn, that is older. <laughs> Good work. Well played.
Yeah. Well, you got a new nickname again. <laughs> I'll take it. Now, I, I do want to pivot just a bit. Uh, I, I kind of want to, this, this is born out of some frustrations from my travels and observations. You and I were actually texting about it, but worst human beings ever. Yeah, and the idea on this is they're not the worst like a Donald Trump or an Adolf Hitler. They are the people that just do stupid things without thinking about them that intrude on your day that are annoying beyond belief. Yeah, it's kind of like the Peter Griffin, you know what grinds my gears uh, yeah. segment. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just jump in because I'm still peeved. I'm actually getting like, I can feel my blood pressure rising over this because it irks me so bad. But I spend a lot of times in airports. It's just part and parcel to my day job. And one of my biggest pet peeves is probably when you're walking in a wide open corridor that's, you know, maybe 20 to 30, 40 feet wide. And you're walking in your lane and you're very dedicated to where you're going. But then there's that one person and you can see them kind of creeping over from the slow lane across the middle lane, across the other middle lane into your fast lane because they're on their phone or they can't do directions or whatever it might be. And then they happen to walk just a smidge slower. So you have to choose to go around them at a different direction. And as soon as you do, they've started going back their other direction, back to the slow lane. And it's like they're intentionally fucking with every shred of your being and this is when human selection should be allowed yeah i i think you should just be able to lead with elbows and knees in those cases i, I mean I, it's just that there's an evolutionary component to this where they're not going to get it so survival of the fittest and the fittest has the sharpest elbows i i i'm you and i actually agree on something here I, so so, my so favorite this moment my my the person that i hate the most in that case is the person that comes out of brookstone that has just bought that neck pillow thing that goes around their neck that they overpaid for because they could have got it from amazon for 5.99 but instead they go into brookstone and get it for 599 dollars. <laughs> or they just came out with the new iphone case that they bought at the airport never buy anything at the airport it's airport it's just overly expensive for no reason if you had an ounce of planning you would be able to figure out how not to do that but what they'll do is they'll come out of one of those stores and they'll walk towards the middle and stop oh. and they're completely oblivious to everything going around with them on around with them and all i want to do is swing my luggage at their head <laughs> It's like messenger because bag to the skull. There is no redeeming value. My backpack, I was traveling last week as well. My backpack had two laptops in it. It weighed a good 20 pounds. I could take a human out. And that person is asking for me to prove that fact. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. Because, I mean, I, I think that even, obviously, that bleeds beyond uh airports that will go to malls or grocery stores or whatever i mean like even somebody in the middle of an aisle that actually has not picked a side of an aisle but the middle and then stop to look at a list i can appreciate looking at a list let me be real i'm not a dick i'm understanding i need to check my own lists i get it but peel off to one side don't just stop in the middle and i i'll say this too i saw a meme last night 
that was so fucking fitting. It's people at Target. They're off to the right side or left side. People at Walmart, and it had somebody kind of horizontal like Austin Powers backing his uh, little go-kart back and forth, taking up the entire aisle for whatever reason, but looking at nothing except for their fucking phone. Yeah, and uh, there's another one that really bugs me at the airport, and that is the person that when they get into the lane where you're going to TSA security has never before been through security and has no idea what to do. And the first thing that they'll do is they'll just stop and there'll be that big gap in front of them. And by big gap, it could be four feet. It could be 40 feet. It does not matter to me. You keep up with the people in front of you. Yes. I mean, there is no six foot distancing anymore. Screw that shit. Uh, okay you keep up to the person ahead of you i don't care if you have to drag your child by both hands while holding the luggage while their lips are smacking on the ground you keep up with the people (laughs) in front of you and then they get up to the podium and it's like okay now what am i supposed to do and it's like if you got through life to this point you know you need a ticket and you know that they need id and in some cases you just need id because your id they can look up your ticket just show them the fucking id and get the fuck out of my way Uh, and and of course this is the biggest bottleneck in the entire airport because these same people then don't know how to take off enough of the clothing and stuff that they're supposed to have, get their toiletries out of their bag, get their computers out of their bag. So it takes them like 42 minutes just to get through security. Yes. And the worst part is if you have TSA pre like I do, and I'm pretty sure you do as well, um, really we should get into the faster lanes. It should be quicker, but it, people still lose their fucking minds because they have no idea what they're supposed to do. And it annoys me to no end. And that's the reason why people bring guns to the airport. <laughs> but you, you I, I don't know. You, you picked up on something else and we might lose a few viewers over this, but I'm going to just jump into it because children on planes, children oh. on planes. Can we, oh. can we please any airline that wants to do an adult only flight, I will pay you extra dollars, hundreds even, to have an adults only flight. I know there's human children out there, but I will take my chances with an all adult plane over any kids, especially that six month old infant. And I know not every infant is gonna be the problem. I know parents are trying their hardest to keep their kids quiet. I appreciate all of that. And I give respect and kudos for people trying to travel with their children. I know it's not easy, but I don't want to be on that flight with you anymore. So I've got to solve for this. And I know we talked about a solve for this. I've got a better solve for this. Oh boy. Okay. Anybody that is flying with anybody that is under the age of 10 has to fly Southwest. (laughs) Okay. Because first of all, I used to fly Southwest a lot. Um, because it was the cheap airline and the company that I was working for wanted me to fly the cheapest way that I could. And I never had to fly overseas. So I didn't have to worry about that. And I got a whole bunch of points. Um, but people don't know how to fly on Southwest. So I just stopped flying there. I paid the more expensive stuff. I like having my assigned seat, but if you put everybody that ever wants to fly with a child onto Southwest, 
the rest of the airlines would run much better. Yep. So I say that every single child has to fly Southwest. I don't care if the fly, parents fly Delta, put the kids on Southwest and pick up the kids when they get there. Just the kids have to fly Southwest. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't go with like Spirit or Frontier for that child allocation. I'm trying to be reasonable here. You do have I a mean, heart. You do have a heart. Nobody should fly Spirit. I mean, that's just, that's not an airline. That's a war crime in the air. I contend that I would rather fly Spirit than Frontier. I would rather fly Delta in Delta Comfort, which I always get because I spent enough time on Delta. And every once in a while, you saw, I got that first upgrade to first class I have ever received. I'd rather do that than fly in an airline that the seatbelt costs me extra. <laughs> I, I don't want to fly in a flight where the Wi-Fi uh, okay, is basically somebody just turning some sort of lever as fast as they can to be able to make the internet go fast. It's just hamsters. It's just hamsters. But I mean, you and I know we're, I'm a Delta guy as well. So I, loyal, probably to a fault. I'm with you. Southwest. So, so we can't get out of this without talking about the other idiocy. And this is not in the airport. This is on the road because everybody oh. talks about the worst people in the world are the people that get into the left lane that do under the speed limit. And yes, robbing is racing, <clears throat> push them into the guardrail, get them the hell out of the way. Okay. That should just be the law. <laughs> but the people there, there's another subset of people that annoy the hell out of me. And it's when a lane is going to end and you know the lane. Is oh, yes. Okay. And there's, there's two choices. There's the people that decide I'm going to wait till the last minute to get in, but I'm going to creep at five miles an hour while I do it. <laughs> or there's the people that there's the lineup for four miles and they're going to stay in that right-hand lane. That's going to end for all four miles and then peel in on uh, everybody else and just push their way into the lane that causes the whole traffic jam in the first place. Yep. I now, don't know which is worse, actually. It should be legal if you see somebody do that to go up to their car because it's going to be a traffic jam, so they're going to be stopped anyways. Pull them out of their car, Rodney King them, and get back in your car and keep on driving. And I realize I'm going to catch hell for that reference, but can't we all just get along on the road, too? I mean, it, it, it does baffle me that we've come this far with cars on the road since, what, the 1900s? And this is still a thing. Well, they, they've done, <clears throat> excuse me, they've done studies where they'll put like 15 cars in a roundabout, okay, in a, in a big roundabout, and they'll tell them, just drive 25 miles an hour. And within two minutes, there's a traffic jam. Now, first of all, roundabouts are communist. I don't care what anybody says. They're, they're socialism at their worst. Uh, okay. Um, Chris Hemsworth gets credited with this thing that says, I have so little trust in humanity. I look both ways at a roundabout. Nobody knows how to use a roundabout properly. <laughs> okay. So I do too, though. I look both ways because I've seen people like, I think I was in uh, Kentucky and people were going the opposite direction. And I was like, what's even happening yeah I, it's it's something else it's stunning 
And the, the worst part is they put in the roundabouts to save money, but it takes more money to tear them back out than just having a regular intersection. And they eventually realize it slows people down so the accidents aren't as bad, but there are more accidents at the roundabout than there are regular uh, intersections. I mean, I, I, I'm rather new to the DMV area, um, but there's a shitload of roundabouts in this whole newfangled area. The biggest problem I have with them, I'm an okay driver, not the best, not the worst. There's sometimes six options for exiting on a roundabout and you have three lanes. Two of the lanes are correct. One lane you're going to get honked at by everyone. I always somehow seem to figure out which lane that one is in this city. Even when I choose the middle lane, which I perceive to be the safest, I'm still wrong. Well, that's because you're in a position that you can never be right. A roundabout is never right. Okay, <laughs> you either have to be literally extremely aggressive, which my wife is extremely aggressive in roundabouts. I mean, if there is two inches of space for her to get in front of a car, that engine is gunned and she's getting into that space. And then what happens is that person behind her hits the brakes because they don't know what's going on because they're in a roundabout and you're confused anyways. And my wife's taking off. And then the people behind that slow down and the people behind that slow down. And suddenly there's a traffic jam for 17 miles in uh, Minnesota somewhere. It's I mean, just roundabouts are evil. Roundabouts bring out the worst in human beings. I'll concede on that. All right. I, there's a, I'm just going to say it. Is SpongeBob a mutant from a nuclear disaster? Okay. So I saw TikTok on this and it's actually pretty interesting. Like a conspiracy theory TikTok kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was interesting because um, there's been a lot of, uh, nuclear weapons that have been uh, tested over the last 60, 70 years. Um, there was the blast that they did. I think they called it the Bomba, uh, which was the largest blast ever that was in northern Russia. Um, but the South Pacific has just been um, ravaged by nuclear bombs. And yeah. One of the places that they do it is Bikini Atoll. I'm not familiar now, with that location in the world. Um, it's in the South Pacific. Um, it's pretty remote. But remember, SpongeBob lives in Bikini Bottom. Correct. And oh. Bikini Atoll was where they did a lot of nuclear tests. So if you think about it, um, you have a talking sponge that can recontort itself into a whole bunch of different shapes and can talk underwater without generating bubbles. In fact, there's lots of liquids that just seem to act like normal liquids underneath here. And all of a sudden you start realizing, wait, is SpongeBob a mutant from a nuclear holocaust? Well, because, go ahead, Ryan, well, try, try to think through the implications of that. Uh, well, okay, so I'm thinking about the supporting cast. I mean, what is it? Is it Patty the squirrel? I think. I, uh, I've watched it a bunch of times and I can't remember her name. I don't think it's Patty, well, but I know who you're talking about. So 
this this is I'm I guess I'm inadvertently supporting your opinion here. She's in like a spacesuit, more or less, uh, which could be perceived as being like a hazmat outfit of some sort. She's in a self-contained area yeah. underneath the sea in that glass dome. Uh, okay. You have uh, Squidward, who doesn't, like, how many squids do you know that would have the dexterity to be able to play a clarinet? Three. Okay. You have Mr. Krabs, who at different times has fallen completely to pieces and resurrected himself and <laughs> done all sorts of zombie type stuff. Uh, okay. They're all eating burgers under the sea, yet there is no cows to make the beef. And then so that beef is coming from somewhere. Okay. Well, explain Patrick then. Patrick's just Patrick. I mean, he obviously has some DNA damage based off of how stupid he is. Okay. But Patrick's a starfish. Starfish can reassemble themselves. Well, they don't reassemble, they grow new appendages, but. They're hard to kill, but they go fish. They go chasing jellyfish in nets. Tell me who's going to do that. That doesn't have the radioactive damage from a <laughs> nuclear bomb being blown up right on top of them. But I mean, bikini atoll, bikini bottom. It just makes sense. Oh, I, 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 this is so fascinating to me. I mean, this is net new information. I mean, I, 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 I yes. This is so it. there's even more to this because remember one of the movies there was Pat uh, there was the guy that played the dolphin that sounded an awful lot like Patrick Stewart that was a watcher from outer space and we know that the conspiracy theorists say that nuclear blasts attract aliens. Uh, okay, there's the whole uh, uh, in that exact same movie I believe it was uh, there there was. The whole bikini bottom becoming just some sort of Mad Max wasteland and then instantly being back to what it is. There's the chum bucket where oh, where yes. are they getting the chum for the chum bucket? I mean, there's a lot of things that just line up to the uh, the one of the most favorite uh, TV shows of my child's life might be about a radioactive disaster. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Why not? So, I mean, shit. It actually like all of that lines up. I I think that's better than any other theory from where he's come from. So if you think about it, what other TV shows, ca cartoons like that, have uh, been a part of something that was actually something else that happened that they didn't realize that they were a part of. If you start thinking about this, you can go in directions that are really weird because the Jetsons, although they were really advanced, could have been in some sort of dystopian universe that they were just the overlords over top and the rest of humanity was underneath. What does that make the Flintstones? Well, the Flintstones are probably the ones underneath, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They're living in that dystopian Mad Max universe where they have to use their feet to propel their cars and they're digging quarries for their masters up above with dinosaurs and living with very little technology besides TVs while the Jetsons are up in their flying cars and going to uh, doing all the shopping and getting their food instantly prepared for them and they don't have to have animals that kick them out of their own houses 
This is so strange. Sorry, now I'm just yeah. now I'm sitting here mentally jogging through every cartoon and seeing like, is this a thing? Is this a thing? Well, think about Frozen. What if Frozen is just somebody that's on an LSD trip? Unpack that. Well, think about it. It's this young girl that is trying to get her sister to play with her, but maybe it's just an older girl that's having an LSD flashback to her childhood that all of a sudden you have the the talking snowman and you have the <laughs> reindeer. <laughs> you have all the gob, the trolls the things, that can yeah. talk that come out of the rocks. I mean, they, you have the ice monster. I mean, it's an LSD trip if you've ever seen one. Yeah, I mean, that's... All right. I, I want to disagree with you, but that's hard to disagree with. So to the 10 people that are going to listen to this, what what I want out of this segment is for you guys to come up with a show that acted like something that was probably a small microcosm of a bigger thing that happened that created the little universe that they were in. And I would love for somebody to do this with Saved by the Bell. Saved by the bell screech i mean come on somebody's got to explain screech yeah there's no explaining him he's just a mutant for sure or alien i guess alien's probably better more so what i want you to do is i want you to email your thoughts with your full theory to repressed humor issues at gmail.com and in a future episode we'll we'll bring up some of the best to repeat this yeah i think that'd be good that we could come up with like a top 10 list that we rank and perceive to be correct because we're right yeah 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 you're gonna try to be funny and we're gonna be funnier that's just how it works yeah and it's just gonna keep getting funnier because we're playing this back to ourselves and laughing maniacally yes so tying this back to something if somebody wants to go through the whole conspiracy theory about marty mcfly potentially sleeping with his mother and the potential implications of that i would love to hear your thoughts on that one I would love to all uh, uh, let's extend that. Actually, I would love to know other movies that people have stumbled across that have space time continuum fissures, if you will, uh, that are as egregious as back to the future, because that kind of blew my mind. Um, and I hate to admit this, but I am a film major, but I, obviously lack film knowledge um this is what you get when you go to a film theory school so thank you for that and so the the last piece of this that i'll go to is um i want to hear the worst movie that you've ever seen i ryan and i have a thing i'm Mm -hmm. supposed to watch a movie i forgot what it is uh what was the movie again wait when we were talking about last week uh, no, we were talking about it a few weeks ago. I say that the worst movie ever made is Ice Pirates. Oh, uh, uh, was it Velocipastor or Jesus Christ Vampire Slayer? No, it wasn't either of those. It was something else that you told me that I have to watch. We'll figure it out afterwards. Okay. But right. I want to hear the worst movies that you've ever seen. And again, we'll put together a top 10 list of the worst movies that everybody, all 10 of you have listened to. So last time here, it's repressed humor issues with an S at gmail.com. Send us your list. I love this. I actually hope we get 11 listeners. 
and we get a top 11 and we can just go, we can skew this a little bit differently. That'd be fantastic. You're just going to send in like 14 of your own lists. I could tell this already. Maybe. <laughs> I, I do. I am curious. I, I have an affinity for watching uh, what people perceive to be bad films um, because I, I think they have a cult following element to them you know i mean now i think the horror genre is a little bit different where it carves out its own cult classicness but then there's some that are just bad movie cult classics so um, yeah like horror is something different because it's a race to the bottom yes it is okay there, there's the there's the high production value ones and then there's just I'm going to get known on Rotten Tomatoes for having the worst horror movie ever. But yeah. then there's just bad movies. And one of those bad movies that you could look at as an example like this was the prequel to Dumb and Dumber, which may be the stupidest movie yeah, ever made. That was really and you know it's the, You know it's the stupidest movie ever made when Trey Parker and Matt Stone dropped out of it because of how stupid the, the script was. So realize there's bad movies out there. But then there's bad on a whole new level. And I dare somebody to watch Ice Pirates and tell me that it's not the worst movie you've ever watched. You could watch Battlefield Earth, which still has like a four on Rotten Tomatoes and still believe that Ice Pirates is worse. I, I still contend that Velasa Pastor might be the worst film I've ever seen. Uh, Guns Akimbo. I've heard that's pretty rough. I've never seen oh, it, but we watched it this weekend because my wife has a Harry Potter fixation. So it's Daniel Radcliffe. And so of course she had to watch it and there was nothing redeeming about that whatsoever. None of it made sense. It was idiotic. Um, I'm not going to ruin it for those people that actually want to go and watch it. Cause you're a Harry Potter fan. That's the but one where he's got like guns bad, attached but... to his hands, right? Yeah, 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 it's a, it's basically a, uh, they call it schism, and the people have to go and for, uh, for money they go and kill other people and that sort of stuff. There, there's no plot to it. You've just heard the entire plot. The rest of it is just it's ninety percent Daniel Radcliffe trying to run away from what's happening to him. You know, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll leave on a different note. I revisited a film I haven't watched in a while. Uh, it's a very early christian bale film called equilibrium i don't know if you ever saw that i actually quite enjoy that film and it does still stand up to today pretty damn well i mean yeah sure everyone's gonna make correlations to the matrix because they came out near the same time and they dress the same they dress the same but i think it was a pretty great film that kind of fell off the radar a little bit so my two most underrated films ever um are um uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind Ah, love that movie so much and i i read stuff about it one of my favorite part about that whole movie is that the directors were purposely giving jim carrey changes to the script at the last minute to throw him off so he couldn't be jim carrey he couldn't be the uber prepared guy that he normally was he had to roll with the flow and apparently he does not do well in those situations interesting and the other one that has a really interesting message in it that we actually watched this weekend is the adjustment bureau 
It's a, a Emily Blunt, uh, a Matt Damon movie. And the it starts out slow, but it is a really good message at the end of it. So it's just one of my favorite movies to be able to watch. Oh, I will have now, to check that out. Now, it's different than the Dirty Pleasure uh, movie. You know, my Dirty Pleasure movie will always be Dumb and Dumber, the first one. I loved that movie to know it. Yeah, there, everyone's got those movies that you can just put on whenever. I think, like... Mine is probably like Tommy Boy or the first Anchorman. I think both of those I can just watch whenever. It's the quotables, you know? Yeah. I thought the Rocky Mountain was Rocky Mountains were gonna be rockier than this. Yeah, that John Denver is full of shit. <laughs> and Harry, you're alive, but you're a horrible shot. <laughs> when Harry's sitting there choking him because they're freezing and <laughs> And he says, one of the favorite lines is, Harry, your hands are freezing. <laughs> just, uh, the, the, there's so much in there. Like, just let it go. Oh, oh that's warm. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, oh, I love that. Yeah. So anyways, um, uh, I think we could come up with a lot of these lists. Yes. Yes. Um, the one we want to work on first is the either the movie or the tv show that although the characters act like they're in a normal reality they're in a different reality yeah i love uh, that okay and then we also want your worst movies ever yeah and, and go deep with that i i don't think like they should be time bound to any certain decade i want atrociousness like unwatchable films that make you pain to just even sit there and go through an iota of another second yeah if somebody comes up with the scott bayo movie where he gets telekinesis and puts that on the list you get bonus points well i think you gave way too much there oh i'm sure there's a whole bunch of 1980s scott bayo movies that nobody can watch past five minutes anyways so they have to torture themselves to get to the point where they're going to figure out this one you're even no right. googling allowed no googling allowed just find it naturally. Let Scott Bayo come to you. <laughs> All right, Dan. So we are almost out of time here, but I want to give you the opportunity to leave everyone with one of your uh, ever so excellent final thoughts. Sure. Um, so we did a prank last time, so we're going to do another famous prank in history. Um, and this one's actually pretty good. Um, uh, back in the 50s, um, the BBC decided that they were going to try to prank people on April Fool's. Um, so what they did was they talked about the Great Spaghetti Harvest. And what happened was they actually had some people go take cooked spaghetti and throw it all over trees. And it was somewhere in Switzerland or something like that. And they talked how there was a disaster brewing because the spaghetti harvest was going to be so poor that year. And they actually have video of people pretending to harvest spaghetti off of trees. And they did this in typical BBC fashion. They did it deadpan and people had no idea that it was actually a joke. So for years afterwards, people would talk about how, no, spaghetti's growing on trees. You got to go harvest it not realizing that it was just a bbc prank that's incredible that is incredible good job bbc uh, that, 
I need, okay. I know what I need to Google walking out of this episode. Yes. Yes. If you uh, Google the uh, grape spaghetti harvest, you'll see the videos and it's like, it's video. It's not just radio. There's, there's video to it that explains the whole thing. That's even better. Go BBC. Yep. Awesome. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us on episode two of repressed humor issues. Uh, if you have any feedback, comments, questions, or you want to provide any of the material for our upcoming top 10 or 11 lists, uh, please email us at repressed humor issues with an S at gmail.com. If you're going to send goatsy pics, please put Ryan's name in the topic. So I know not to open it. Thanks for that, Dan. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and we are streaming on uh, Spotify and Apple Music Apple. and on uh, Amazon uh, Podcasts. Beautiful. Um, so until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Dan. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>